Does your inner monologue feel like a bag of wet cats sometimes? No, I think that's just you. Well, today's <laughs> guests, David and Cynthia Darst, share their story and their way of sorting out all the voices in your head. Don't worry, you're not really crazy. You're just complicated. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Hello there, family. It's Danielle and Justin. Welcome to 2019 and the 110th episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. There's some noise I should make there. Woohoo! Yay! Oh, I dun, thought... dun 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 <laughs> Because it's know. the first one of the year. Uh, no, last week was, wasn't it? No. Mm-hmm. No. No, it wasn't. This is the first episode of 2019. Glad you're up to speed, honey. Well, you know, we've been relaxing, dominating the downtime. We have seriously dominated the downtime. I think I'm going to have, like, tomorrow we're back into the real world, and I think I'm going to have, like, whiplash. Yes. But I am ready for 2019. So so, let's let's tell everybody what we did. We told our kids, because we thought that tomorrow was the first day of school, (laughs) so we just put them to bed. And we told them that tomorrow's the first day of school, even though there's no school tomorrow. So we're totally going to mess with them. <laughs> and in the morning, we're going to like get in the car and take them on the way to school. And then we're just going to go past school and go get donuts. Guess who's it'll, idea It'll that be was. one of those classic moments, the story that'll be told for decades. It will be a classic moment. It will be a classic moment. All right. Enough of that. All right. Enough of that. Hey, uh, some quick announcements. If you enjoy the show, if you find value in the conversations, please, please, please take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Those reviews are so important. Uh, They help us know how we're doing, but more, they help the show grow and serve more couples and make it easier for them to find us because uh, we're on this mission to impact a million couples by 2020. And if you don't know, that's only about a year away. I know. And you could also share a favorite episode with a friend and join the Legendary Marriage community on Facebook, legendarymarriage.com slash community. All right. So, sponsors. A brief word from our sponsors. All right, let's talk for a minute about Freshly. I love this service. It's so cool. It is um, chef-prepared, all-natural gourmet meals delivered to your door every week through a subscription model. And it's all good stuff. Yeah. Whole natural ingredients, every meal packed with high quality proteins. Boom, boom, boom. And freshly, never contains gluten, refined sugars, or artificial additives. None of the bad stuff. I don't know about y'all, but of course, we're starting off the year on a health kick. Yes. Freshly can be a great way for you to uh, make it easier. So uh, you can go to legendarymarriage.com slash freshly. And of course, any affiliate commission we get off that go straight into producing this show and reaching more couples. And you get 30% off your first month and you can start what? enjoying fresh delicious what? meals. What? <laughs> so hit up 
Freshly. Legendarymarriage.com slash Freshly. And then, of course, not just for Christmas shopping, because Christmas shopping is over, but anytime you can hit legendarymarriage.com slash Amazon and visit our Amazon store. We've got some all the great resources that our guests have brought onto the show, uh, books and, and amazing things that they've, they've shared with us, as well as some of our favorite things and some curated lists that uh, make great gifts for any occasion. Legendarymarriage.com slash Amazon. And that's all from our sponsors. So on the show today, we have David and Cynthia Darst. Yes. Who are unlike any other couple you've ever heard oh before. Gosh. I love their story. They're coaches. Um, I just love I, how I they... just can't wait for y'all to hear. I know. Hey, let's just get to it. We are so excited to have te- Team Darst. That is Cynthia and David Darst. They are on the show with us today. And over 40 years of combined coaching experience to us. They are like the be all end all coaches. These are the people that we look up to as coaches. They even started Cynthia back in the day. She helped start uh, a group called the international coaching federation, which is like, if you have any salt in the coaching biz whatsoever, you belong to the ICF. So that's a pretty big deal. So they've been doing relationships coaching, whether it's working with yourself, with teams, with groups, in corporate, um, in personal lives, they kind of do it all as far as relationship coaching goes. And they travel the world. I think the last I saw on their website was they had been to like 18 countries. Uh, they, are, they are bringing coaching to the world. Yeah. I mean, Thank for real. God. Yes. Because the world needs more of it, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness. And Cynthia also just wrote a book called The Inside Team, um, talking about the kind of conversations that go on in your head. And she'll tell us a little bit more about that. You guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yay. Thanks for having us. I, oh I just goodness. love that piece of, you know, traveling the world. In the new year, we're going to get to go to Mexico City and to Melbourne, Australia. Awesome. Oh, I've always wanted to go to Australia. Have y'all been there before? No, I haven't. No, neither. Yeah. That's very cool. That is very cool. Um, now I'm wondering, so how long have y'all been married? 32 years. We just celebrated 32 years. We've known each other for 40. Okay. All right. So, so how did y'all meet in the first place? (laughs) Well, we meeting, seeing each other, two different stories. Oh, all right. We went for 30 years thinking, having different stories of when we first saw each other. (laughs) That's hysterical. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. So for years and years and years, the first time I ever thought I I laid eyes on him, we were both in the theater department. We were both actors. And we were at the University of Kentucky. And I was 20 and he was 19. And he came on stage doing a play. And I thought, oh, isn't he the cutest thing? Like, I want to know about him. So I, so that's, so that was my, that's the first time I thought that we had ever met. And soon after that, we got cast in a play together. And so, and we'd go to parties and she would say, the first time I saw him was on stage. And um, at least a month earlier, I would tell the story about, I was laying on the counter of, in the entryway of the fine arts building and the door burst open. 
And it was just like light and joy yes. walking through the room with this fellow who was like the god of theater. Right? <laughs> and I just assumed they were a couple, but she looked really good. And I'm smiling at her. And she walks past, and I'm smiling and thinking, oh, dang, she's already got a boyfriend. <laughs> In the meantime, when I finally realized that was him, it, it was like this. I, I remember coming through, being with my friend Art, who we had no romantic affiliation, by the way. And we're walking in. I look over. I see this fellow kind of stretched out on his counter and he's smiling at me and it just looked like beams going off of him it's like the energy wow. going off of him and I thought he's a 10 I'm a 7 that won't work I just kept walking and I'm like smiling back at him and he's smiling at me and then I let it go because and then you wiped it from your memory, apparently. I, I like let it go because I because I thought I literally thought, uh, you know, he's he's too pretty for me. He's too beautiful. There's no chance. There's that no chance. That I don't have a chance. And and for years we would people would say, What's the first time you saw each other? And I'd tell my story, she'd tell her story, and it was like we weren't listening to each other's stories or or we got caught up in the being in a play together aspect of it. Yeah. So we kind of skipped over the prologue of when yeah. we first saw each other. And then we in a coach training. And part of it was we were supposed to tell our original story. story. And that time when I told my part, she looks over at me and says... That was you? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the shock of recognition. Was like, that was you. It was like, yeah. You're like, I've been pining after that guy for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to find him on Facebook, but nothing ever pops up. <laughs> I find it interesting that you both seemed like the other person was like this light that like filled yes. up the room. Like you both had the same impression of each other. Isn't that fascinating? That is. Yeah. That is. There is something magical about backstage romance. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying I had a few of those back in the day. And well, now here. Now is that when you guys kind of solidified your relationship was when you were in the play? Well, when we were in the play, we were both dating other people, and but we became really good friends. We started hanging out together all the time, just all the time. And so then soon after the play ended, we broke it off with our other friends, but and we date, we started dating each other, but we broke up on the second date because yeah. he was, because he said something so. I rude. made a rude comment to a sorority sister. Right? <laughs> Oh. I was being, here's the thing, thinking I was being chivalrous, but obviously not. And, so uh, rude. And back in those days, I didn't have much room for rude. I was brought up a little Southern girl where everything was very polite. So I didn't understand that he was trying to push the sorority sister away. I thought that he was like just being a nasty jerk. And I wasn't going to have it. I wasn't going to have it. I probably was. I, I may not have been as skillful as I could have been. <laughs> See, now you guys are like professional conversationalists. So, you know, looking back, you're kind of like, I've I was an amateur. As skillful as I could be. <laughs> We're still on the journey, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so so since like I've referred to you guys as kind of coaching royalty, yeah. um, how did you both get into coaching? Was that kind of at the same time you came at it as a couple? No, no, no. no. So so basically, um, we were in the theater department. I on again, off again with us because we didn't know how to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. I went off to graduate school, and I have a graduate degree in acting. Soon after that, we moved to New York. I moved to New York City. And by that time, we were ready to have a relationship. He followed me there. And um, that year was nine, oh, it was 80, 84. Mm-hmm. 83, 84. 83, 84. I was, um, I, I joined this organization called Actors Information Project. Henry House who is now Henry Kimsey House, one of the founders of the Coaches Training Institute, was the first person I met there. Hmm. So um, fast forward, I was an actor, made my living. He came to New York. He was an actor. He did work as well. Um, And then as the years play out, Henry started, you know, in in in, uh, 89, he and Laura Whitworth started the Coaches Training Institute. And I was really curious what they were doing. So I went with my buddy, Eric Koner, to find out more about that. And, and we decided to start coaching. And it was, was coaching all- even a thing back then? Like, did anybody know thing. about it? We were some of the first coaches ever. And so we yeah. would go to a networking event and people were just like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, people pay you for this? <laughs> to, say, to say what else? Yeah. What else? Right. <laughs> it was, so it was kind of rocky, but Eric and I ended up being the first two front of room leaders for CTI in about 1994. And I knew that David would be fabulous at it. I just knew he would. So I kept coming home and going, oh, honey, I think you would love this. Come and do this. And he was like, no. It totally sounds like Justin and I. No, I don't think so. I'm often called my husband a no waiting to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Do you embrace that title, David? Yeah, I do. Because I I push back against just about every idea that comes my way. Oh. It's a it's a for me, it's a way of finding alignment. And what it feels like I'm saying no to the idea. And what I'm often saying no to is the first iteration of it. Mm, yeah. It's like, mm. let's get some more information. Let's get some more information. Let's get some more information. That's what he's needing. That's king of the needing. king of the counter offer. So we can so we can so we can have some choice around it and let's see what yeah. we're really looking at. Um, it did really well for me. All of his no's actually had me get stronger and stronger in what I believed and in my position and being able to stand up for myself and ask for what I needed and wanted. And in about 1999, I came home from CTI. We had a, we had, we used to have these leader summits and I came home from that and I said, honey, you know, you think you know what we do there, but you don't know. I want you to come and do a course. I don't give a, a rat's ass, pardon the French. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if you like it or not. I want you to be in that course. Mm. And he was like, oh, well, if it's that important to you, okay. <laughs> I'll sit in the back with my arms crossed. 
I actually sat in the front with my arms. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was as far away from those other people that, 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 as I could get. Ooh, I like how he says those people. Well, you know, I, I, as a lot of people do, I actually had two ideas collapse together. Mm-hmm. So I had through some trainings in the past where I, they were useful, but it felt like somebody was sitting in front and doing me. Like, yeah. was, like you were like a, it was like a puppet situation. Yeah, like yeah. kind of yeah. like, and so when I got yeah. into the yeah. coach training, I thought it was going to be like that. That's what I was resisting. Mm. You know, I said, come up with a course on the golf course. I'm there. Yeah. So I outside. I don't want to sit in a room and get done by people for three days. Yeah. Um, so the funny part about it was that one of the fellows, because all the courses are co-led, and it was one of the fellows' very first course, and his co-leader said, take it away. And he looks over, he says, well, that's Cynthia's husband. He'll be easy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. So the first question they start oh, with is, what are your dream? What's your, what's dream? your dream? So he comes over and says, so David, what's your dream? And I go, I don't have one. And then he kind of did this. You're like, can we pick somebody else? <laughs> right? And then he goes, so what if you did? And I go, I got sorry, I got nothing. And he said, so, well, then ask me what mine is. And I was like, it was the best thing that could have happened. Yeah. Because I actually wasn't willing to reveal anything about myself at that point. But for at least half a second, I could get my attention off myself and over there. And that had me cross the edge a little bit and bring a little curiosity to it. I ended up signing up for the whole program. Wow. Thinking that coaching would make a nice retirement gig. Like when I was in my 60s, I'd get some coaching clients. But the full set would serve me in the types of relationships I was sure. in. Yeah. So about, that was Father's Day 2000, and I ended up getting chosen to be a leader at CTI the weekend after 9-11. Hmm. So I had this kind of reframe of, of uh, about a year ago. It's like, oh man, I've been retired for the past 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm working my retirement plan. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Cynthia, was there like a told you so kind of moment there with David? I feel like there might be. No, no. Here's no, she played thing. it. Oh, hold on. She played it. She was like, oh, okay. If that's what you want to do, I'll support you in it. She's just a perfect coach answer. I, I knew it. better. I knew better. Self-managing. Self-managing. She's self-managing. Yeah, I knew if I did that, he would just it would just piss him off, right? Sure. And, and the yeah. fact of the matter is what I wanted to do was encourage him, and I wanted to give him space to find his way into the coaching profession. I didn't, when he first started it, I didn't even know. I had no clue about him actually becoming a coach. By that point, I had given up any hope that he would become a coach. I just wanted him to do that one course, right? So then when he signed up for the rest of the courses, I was like, what? Oh, okay. You know, I was just waiting to see what happened. And then I turned around, he signed up for leadership. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Wow. It really surprised me. Yeah. She would have made a really good fisherman. How's that? Well, because sometimes when the fish takes the bait, you jerk it too fast and you jerk it out of its mouth. Yeah. She made sure that I took the bait and <laughs> she just kind of liked playing with me a little bit. <laughs> I love it. So, so now y'all are working together. 
in a lot of things that you do. So as I said in the intro, you guys are kind of like the, you, you talk about relationship with yourself, with others, with teams, um, all sorts of venues. I'm really curious about the relationship with yourself because I feel like this is kind of a foreign concept. Like I was asking Justin, I said, do you think maybe the world got introduced to this with the movie Inside Out? Actually, yeah. Um, Inside Out is a is a wonderful thing. Like it's a wonderful conversation starter to help people notice that we have different parts of our personality. You know, but but I think every human being has some inkling of this. You know, it's like it's so normal to say to a friend, well, you know, part of me wants to stay in and watch the game and part of me wants to go over to John's birthday party. Like, like this is not an unusual concept for most human beings. Right. Right. So so inside team that my book is meet your inside team. Right. And this came from years of working with clients, noticing how quickly a client might be talking. Let's say they've got a project they're working on. Maybe they're, I don't know, they're cleaning out their garage. Right. Who hasn't done that? And Justin, by the way, I think a lot of people haven't done it, but, uh, but most people keep putting more stuff in it. Whatever cleans it. That's me. I put more stuff in it, and Justin. And then I have to clean it out. And there then there's always a thing with with the garage. So maybe right. this is a sensitive subject, but keep going, <laughs> Cynthia. <laughs> well, there's some kind of conversation that happens, right? There's the part that goes. We need to clean out the garage. And then there's another part that goes, oh, not now. This is more important. You know, what we're, what we're doing this weekend is more important over here. And so there's there are actually different thoughts that we have about any particular topic in our life. And we can get ourselves crazy, kind of feeling confused and how do I do this and feeling bad. So inside team gives people a way to start to sort that out and then put people back in charge of how they want to make conscious choice in their life. Yeah. What's the best way to go about, like, like you said, some people might drive themselves crazy thinking like, why do I have all these competing, like, which one do I actually act on or do I just live in perpetual crazy town? How are you feeling, honey? Well, (laughs) um, maybe take a page out of the say no first. Uh, What? So oftentimes what we do is we pay attention to the loudest one. Mm. Yeah. Or the most familiar one. And what I appreciate about this, the inside team piece is it actually gets a you're listening to all of them, not just the loudest one, but you start to hear from maybe some of the ones that aren't as loud. Get some of those opinions and thoughts in there. And then maybe have those, it sounds a little funny, but have them have a conversation with each other. (laughs) This loud one, or to talk to this soft one, or, and hear the different opinions. And then through those different opinions, get all the information in there. Then me, I, whatever you, 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 (laughs) now I can make a decision based on all the information 
Yeah. As yeah. one that, by the way, may not have been mine in the first place. I just imported it from something I heard when I was three. Yes. Sure. Okay. Now this is it. This is very interesting because I'm sure a lot of our listeners might be listening to this saying, okay, you have a lot of voices in your head. You might actually yes, be. Yes, I do. You might actually be crazy. But um, well, I'd say you're crazy if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, David? Um, so if you don't have more than one voice in your head, you might be crazy. <laughs> okay. So, or, or at least that, so, so here's the thing. People that have multiple personality disorder only have the one personality present mm-hmm. at one time. As human beings, we are constantly here. A part of me says this, a part of me says that. If you're aware of that, you're anything yeah. but crazy. Yeah. So let's so let's let's just kind of pull this back a notch. So so uh, sometimes people get a little twisted around the term voices in their head. But mm-hmm. but think of it if we can think of the different thoughts you're having. Pictures okay? that come into your mind. Right. So so going back to the idea of cleaning out a garage, there might be a thought. You know what? It's time to clean out the garage. It's a good idea. And then there's another thought that goes, yeah, that's a great idea, but I don't have time right now. And by the way, there's a game on TV. Right? And that might be a third a third thought. Yeah. So, we, so when we think so of maybe there's even a shamey voice, which sometimes shows up for us, which is, oh, we're such pigs that we have to clean our garage every three months. Like, what the heck is the matter with us? There you go. That's the ticket. That's the ticket. So you're, there's another one. So, so those thoughts, those, that's what I'm talking about with voices. Because yeah. you can hear it. You can hear that there's a different tone of voice. There's a different intention. One is kind of belittling and shaming. One is very practical. Like that's, that's what I mean. So with Inside Team, with Meet Your Inside Team, what we do is we first find out, wait a minute. Who's, who's talking? <laughs> What's going on here? And we start to find out who we imagine. You, we get to use our imagination and start to see them sort of like characters in a movie. Yeah. You know, let's say there's a movie called Clean Out Your Garage. Who are the different, the, these different ones that have something to say about it? So right. do you name the characters? Yeah. We actually name it. It could be the one who stands up for cleanliness, or it could be Miss Train. Miss Miss Train, who just wants it all cleaned out. It could be anything. And then what happens is with this, once we start to find them, we actually start to do internal relationship coaching with them. Isn't that cool? And so that's uh, that's between our different voices. Yeah. Just just reacting to things. Actually, that's it. Being able to to ex- execute a little bit of self control or or executive function by yeah. by you know characterizing them and 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 then relating to yes. decision. That's exactly right. So if you had an actual team of people that you were working with, I'm talking about on the outside. Right. You had one person who was always saying, we need to do this. We need, and someone else going, let's slow it down. Let's take a look. And then someone else who, well, if you knew how, you know, it's like if we had those, we can actually see 
what's going on. Mm-hmm. We could actually witness it and kind of slow it down and say, hang on a second. What are you so concerned about? And what are you concerned about? And we could hear a little bit more about the heart of it. And then we can start to make a conscious choice about how we would want to move forward. Stay tuned for more of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. All right. So all of December, we gave away 60-minute breakthrough coaching sessions, and it was a blast. We got to talk with some amazing couples who are fighting together to build legendary marriages. Yeah, it was so much fun. We decided we're just going to keep doing it. Let's do it. Coaching has changed our lives and our marriage, and we went through a crisis in 2005. We didn't know if we would make it. Like, obviously we did, and coaching's a big part of why we're still here. And, mm-hmm. and it became such a big part that we're both coaches now. And 10 years have gone by, uh, more than 10 years have gone by, and all kinds of trials and challenges, and yet our marriage has never been stronger. High and, five, babe. Yeah, high five. Boo. So maybe you're like we were. Uh, maybe you're in a really tough season. Maybe you're not sure how to find a way through it together. Maybe you're doing okay, but just feel like something's missing. Maybe it's something about the relationship. Maybe it's just something in your own piece of life. Why not take an hour to get some clarity, create a plan to build a life, a love, and a legacy together. Just head over to legendarymarriage.com slash coaching and schedule your free breakthrough session today. All right. So whether you're feeling that weariness um, or you just want to get a jump on 2019 goals, we'll give you a sounding board and get you radically clear about what's important. So wherever you're at, whatever you're up to, we want to help. No strings attached. We won't be trying to sell anything. We'll simply help you identify and process that thing that might be having you feeling stuck. And we'll get you a clear strategy to take action to get you where you want to go. So legendarymarriage.com slash coaching to claim your free 60-minute breakthrough coaching session today. And make 2019 the best year ever. Make it legendary. Yes, legendary. And now, back to our show. The thing that comes up for me is is that fear that if I go into some of those those places, mm-hmm. I might not come back out. Huh? Like I, I can get I can spin out there. Uh huh. Like we're going through this situation right now, uh-huh. where we're we're stepping like right now today, like an hour ago, we're stepping into this whole new season of life, and it's you know I'm sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, tender confused about it all. Yes. And like at once. At all at the same time and, right. and going, okay, how, how do I, how do I give myself permission to fully engage the grief and the fear? Yes. Without getting lost there. Well, as I, I don't know. As I look at the two of you, what I see is you have a resource there. Yeah. So one of the things we've learned how to do over the years, and I really wasn't good at it at the beginning, because whenever I was facing something big, uh, I would go inside. I didn't want to share it. There were were moments when I would curl up into a fetal position and would not get out of bed, right? And I was ignoring my best resource. Yeah. And at that point, when early on, I didn't know how to deal with that. I would, I would try being loving. I that wouldn't work. I would scream at him. That wouldn't work. I would. 
<laughs> this is feeling all too familiar. She's stepping into all the voices. Okay, oh now what do you God. say? <laughs> now what do you say? All right. Get out of bed, you lazy. So I, I think this is really important because <coughs> I, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head, David. So many couples don't don't have the ability to to be with each other in those kinds of things. Yeah. Not necessarily to coach each other, no. but to just be with them and, and to call forth the best. Yeah. So how, how did you, how did you guys make that, that shift? How did you introduce that? How do you, mm. well, how do you get permission? So to, a little, a little bit of it was trial and error. A little bit of it was action. Sure. A little bit of it was remembering one of the things that brought us together in the first place. Mm. So if you go back to the original story, um, yeah, we saw each other and joy walk through the room, right? But we actually learned how to be friends and lean into each other. Actually, during the play, uh-huh. where what you're doing is you're listening to the other person and they're listening to you. Right? Yeah. In a play, when you're in a role, you have a strong sense of who that character is. The challenge in real life is oftentimes we don't take the time to get a strong sense of who that character is. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's there's another piece to this. So um, so Justin, you're you know you're like clearly there's yeah you've got some stuff and and like when something oh, hits us when when circumstances in our life hit us strong and hard. Um, what I would want for you rather than to try to immediately go into your inside team because it's there, but, but there's there, it may be an an initial wave of grief or panic or uh, joy or whatever it is. And I would want for you to give yourself the space for that. That is human normal. It's actually not to be worried about. It's not to be concerned about. You get to fully feel it. And if you do have a concern, that concern about, I don't know if I can do this because I might get lost in it. Great. That's the perfect call for something that you do with your partner, that you do with a coach, that you have someone else be right there with you so that it's not like going into some deep, dark cave alone. Right? We all experience this. And and I think what you're pointing to here is this is one of the reasons that we as human beings, we like we that we don't explore our own emotion because it looks like it's going to be too much. It looks like it's going to be too terrifying. Mm -hmm. But once we go in there, it's a little it's often Something like finding that, oh, guess what? There's not a monster in the closet. I needed to turn on the light and see what was here. But unless we're willing to go through that, to press into that fear and go into it, we can't can't find what's really there. I, I hear you say, Cynthia, that your natural inclination was when David was going through a tough time to like be loving or try to cheer him up or yell at him to get out of bed. Or like, there's all these, like, for me, I will totally own this for sure. Like my first instinct is usually like, how do I get him out of whatever this funk is or whatever? Daniel has a hard time being with feelings. Yeah. Well, but, but check it out. It's like, what, so your point is. <laughs> and I don't. Before I was. Yeah. Like you don't. Like you're having a hard time too. It's like, we're, we're in unexplored territory. Yeah. So I don't know. 
Okay, hang on, hang on. May I? We, we've got different. Okay, I think we have different tracks. places. Okay, <laughs> Cynthia and then David. Yeah, so check it out. So so one of the things is when I was young, right, and he, and he would curl up in the fetal position. I was, I, I had been brought up to be a wonderful fixer. I needed to fix it. I needed to fix him. I needed to try to change him. I needed to try to have him be happy or different. Now, after years of both marriage and coach training, I know he's going to go into a funk sometimes. Do I want to be there to support him? Absolutely. But I know not. I no longer need to fix him. I have room for him to be because I have. I now have room to be with my own discomfort or sadness yeah. or grief, mm. right? And I didn't have that then. So, so similar way, different. It's slightly different language and probably the exact same thing because mm. I could, I could, hello, my name is David and I'm a fixer, yeah. right? There, there's something in our nature that when we see a partner in pain, we want them to get better. Right. And very often the way we choose to do it is what would work for us. Yeah. Right. Well, I think, I think in so many ways it's motivated by our own discomfort with pain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or right. even joy and delight. You know, I'll, I'll be in a group and, and somebody, if somebody starts to have an emotional response, it's, we want to, we want to pat them on the back give wanna, the tissue. Give them the tissue, and like aid it because there's this, this need to move the away from pain, sorrow, grief, heaviness, yeah. hurry up and get through it so that you can yeah. be happy again. Well, but here's the other thing about one of the things I learned from her and if you around her much at all, people, very few people dislike her. But some people do because they think, oh, she's just bigger than life. Nobody can be that big. Too much, right? That it's it's fake or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. What I've got to learn from her is life can be this big. Mm. And I can stretch in. And so, because there are other people that have that upper limits piece of like, oh, don't. Right. Too big for your britches is what we were taught in our family. Yeah. Enjoy. Do you think everybody has the capacity to experience as much joy and as much pain? Do you think everybody has the full spectrum or some people just have a smaller spectrum? It's a, that's a good question. One, first, I do think we're all individual. So I think we might have different expressions of joy or pain. And so I, so I don't think it's a quite a, I don't think it's a contest. I think it's individual. Okay. However, um, I think that culturally, you know, like if you've grown up in a family where we're all stoic and we do this and we don't really express much joy because those behave yourself, then it can be very difficult to fully express yourself or express joy or whatever. Same the other direction. So I was brought up in a family where we all had to be happy all the time. Happy, happy, happy. Everything was, that was all very praised, right? Don't feel bad. You don't need to feel bad. Right. You could, yeah. you could feel bad if you were sick, but then you had to get medication. Hurry up and get over it. <laughs> so, so we kind of came from different backgrounds and that, and so for me, I had to, what you were saying earlier, I had to learn how to be with the discomfort of sadness, of grief, of terror, of, you know, rather than to try to make it better. 
I hear you saying like thinking of the big picture is really going to be advantageous here because if you try to yell at him and tell him to get out of bed and go clean the garage or (laughs) (laughs) whatever it is, just, you know, get up and be better. It might look better the next couple days in the short run, but in the long run, it's a disservice. Absolutely. In the long run, what it does is it it actually puts attention into the relationship Mm -hmm. where you're not really partnering each other, where you start learning that you have to behave a particular way in order to be accepted by your partner. Mm. Here's Here's my question, because this is definitely something Justin and I struggle with. Um, I don't know if you guys are Enneagram people, but he's a four, so he can go real low. He can go, he's real comfortable. He's real comfortable going real low and I'm just not. And so when a situation arises where he goes into a low, low, I, (laughs) this is horrible to say, but I, I want to care for him. And sometimes I'm not sure how to do it. And then the second thought I have is um, your sadness is bringing me down. Like, how is this affecting me? Because I know you're sad, but now you're making me sad and you're harshing my mellow. So I don't like that. Aspect Let's be it. perfectly clear. I got to go back for a second. I don't like being in those places. No, but you I can just go have there. the capacity you to can, be there. Yeah, the capacity. That's a better word. That's, that's amazing. Well, one of the things, and I'm... I'm, I'm yes, just, please. We're, this is definitely our free coaching. <laughs> so we're taking advantage of it, Cynthia and David. One of, the, well, one, one of the things that I that I bet you do, and I bet you already know about, is, is actually designing an alliance about it. It is to, because, because one of the things with David is like, I've, you know, uh, there have been times where you've, something has hit you and I can tell that you're working on it and I want to be there to support you. And so rather than just jump in and try to do something, I'll actually say, okay, I'm noticing you're going through something here. How, how do you want me to partner you? What? So the Alliance piece is just like, how are we going to function in this place? Yeah, not even just function, but how, like, what do you need? Mm. And here's what I'm noticing, and here's my inclination. Is that what, is that what you need, or do we need to do something else here? How, you know, so, the, so we, and we ask permission about things. Sure. Yeah. I think that's one of the most powerful questions in the, in, in the whole, all of, all of it, is what do you need? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and sometimes the person doesn't know, but just being yeah. has them look. Yes. And so there's the, if I look at times in our relationship where we've had challenges. And we have had. Sure. Um, I think the muscle that we've grown um, is the ability to kind of hang out with each other mm. while we discover what we need Mm. without trying to force something that a, a quick placebo on. Um, yeah. And also the ability to say too soon. Ah, uh, like, like, so, um, so there have been times where, where I would offer something or try something and it was just too soon too for soon. him. He wasn't quite ready for it or vice versa for that matter. 
And so to, to actually be able to honor, you know, hang on, hang on. I, it's too soon for me to talk about this. Yeah. Or it's too soon. I, I'm not ready. But then it's like, so it's too soon to talk about that, but would it be useful to like... <laughs> <laughs> Lick her on the cheek? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's like one of our little... It's like, it's like, I love you and, you know, but there's this part and there's the other part. Yeah. Like, what's, what, what? Well, I think of I think of it. Uh, I, if you did that, and I think of it as like a disequilibrator. Like yes, and, it, and, and, and things like it can just snap you out of something, yeah, even exactly. if it's just for a moment. So check it out because what you're pointing to there is what happens is like if I'm upset about something, right? I am one of my inside team players is now running the show. I'm like, bum, 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 bum. You're, yeah. I'm upset and I need to be heard. And if he does something like that, that, that one can't stay around. I actually, it does. It, it, it kind of gives just, a space for another part. Boom, and all of a sudden the one that's delighted and loves to play just comes popping out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that because we do have that capacity to be with um, all of it. Yeah. Like, I think we're, we, I'm, I'm sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, tender about my coffee cup right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> let, let alone the more complex things of life. Right. And it's, it's easy to get stuck in all those places too. And I like that idea of being able to find, find the thing that helps somebody um, snap out of it even for just a moment. Yeah. Okay. So just kind of, in wrapping up, I want to ask you guys uh, a question, and that is, what do y'all think it takes to build a legendary marriage? <laughs> I don't know. Show me one. Well, on the, on the journey. Mirror, dude. On oh, the journey. See, that's what people get hung up with that, that yeah. uh, moniker for some reason, and we're just like, as long as you're on the journey, you well, know. I've, yeah. got, I've got a thought, and go ahead. Well, because here's the deal. We had a legendary marriage. We had one of those, everybody says, I want that. And about 10 years ago, some showed up where we actually had to put our marriage on the table. Yeah. Um, I think in order to have a legendary marriage, you you get, not have to, you get to keep looking at what's next for us. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and also know that we're going to develop at different paces, and that it's not my job to catch up, and it's not my job to rush the other person along. Mm. But I get to love them while they're at their stage, mm. and also look at how is their stage teaching me something about myself. Mm. It's nice because there is a, a relationships are our teachers. Is one of the things that's always going through my head. What's she here to teach me right now? Or what's she there to love me with? And then I get to be open to her influence and, and not have to have to be my way all the time. Yes. So that's well, you know, one of the things just to build on what you're saying. So yeah, so it was about 10, 12 years ago, we hit a we hit a point where I we I literally did not know if we were gonna make it to 20 years. Yeah. And and there were two things that were going on. Like one, we had prided ourselves on not fighting. We aren't. We don't fight. We're a couple who doesn't fight. Well, translation. We just shut down and don't talk about it. 
That's it. Right? With the work we do now, we were being trained in CRR Global's work, the organization and relationship systems coaching. We were being trained in it. And one of the, the ideas that we learned about was an idea called taking our own side and taking another's side. So, so what would happen is my, my wonderful husband, a no waiting to happen, I would say something like, honey, let's go out for barbecue tonight. And go now, not really feeling it. And she'd immediately take my own side. Well, okay, I would, so we won't go. Yeah, I would just acquiesce. I would just go, oh, okay, well, you don't want that. Okay, fine. But what happened in the meantime, I was losing myself. It was very, very subtle, very subtle. But what I needed to learn how to do is say, okay, so hang on a second. So what I'm actually wanting, I don't really care if we do barbecue or not. I'm wanting us to go out. I'm wanting to sit across the table from you and be able to connect and have a conversation. That's what I'm wanting. And when I could take my own side, then he could he would hear it in a different way. And it's like, okay, let's go have barbecue or Chinese. I don't care. I, I, I'm into the look at each other across the table. <laughs> I just wasn't particularly in the mood for barbecue. barbecue. Well, they're Chinese, and, right? Or and sometimes Pizza. after I heard that, I said, okay, barbecue sounds pretty good now. <laughs> if Chinese is the alternative, I'll go back to barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I love barbecue. Now. I love that you're taking taking each other's side. Um, I think it takes a, really an open heart to be able to do that kind of yeah. an activity. To really, that's a that's a very loving thing to do to the other person. And I love Cynthia what you said about you had lost yourself in acquiescing, but in, because yeah. I, I can do this and I know friends that tell me about doing this is just, you are trying to yield to them like as a loving act of like, oh, well, we'll just do what you want to do. Like yeah. it seems That's harmless in the about. moment. And then after years and years and years of doing that, you're like, right. wait, but I freaking want to eat barbecue. Like, yeah, like where, where's my voice in this? And the fact of the matter is the partnership actually needs both positions fully represented. And so if we can fully hear what else is going on over with that other person and get all of that information, now our relationship can figure it out in a different way than me just agreeing with what David wants or vice versa. Yeah, because that could get boring, like you're just with yourself all the time. And so that's that's also part of it. It's like if one, one part of yourself. If one person yeah. is always acquiescing to the other, what happens is that one it actually it actually weakens the relationship over time. Mm. And then and it gets boring. I'll just agree with what you want. <sighs> Snooze, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We had a couple on the show one time that said he actually really thinks it's sexy when his wife puts his foot down and is like, no, we're not doing that. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we all kind of laughed at it, but it really makes yeah. sense. That's right. As long as it's, you know, a respectful way or, you know, whatever. No, but you actually say, no, it's not going to work for me to do it that way. Here's why. So yeah. as, as I hear you talking and as I imagine people listening, um, what we're describing may sound like trying to lift 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. 
so when you start playing with taking your own side, you can do short sound bites. When you start looking at taking the other person's side, you can do little bits at a time. So it's almost like you can play ping pong with each other huh. without having to go fully over there yeah. or fully over there. Just like play ping pong and like throw a sock at each other. So here's, what I, here's on my side. There's what's on my side. And, it's a <laughs> and, and be willing to play with it, not take yeah. it as an offense or anything like that. It's just, hey, we're playing. We're figuring this out. It's fun. Yes. And on those occasions where I don't know if I can take your side, if I can just go, okay, you might have something that's different than me. Just yes. that little small bit mm-hmm. creates a little space. Because there's there's times when it's like, I don't have a clue what she's talking about, what she's thinking, and I don't have to understand it. I just know that it's different than what I would do. Yeah. Right? <laughs> And vice versa. Vice versa. <laughs> probably her understanding. I love y'all's back and forth. Okay, so I definitely know that our listeners will want to know where to find you guys and your book and what y'all are doing. So let us know the best way to find you. Great. The easiest way is to go to Team Darst. That's T-E-A-M capital D-A-R-S-T, teamdarst.com. And you can find all kinds of little things there. You can find out more about the book. You can find out, you can see my TEDx talk um, called Safe Inside Yourself. You can find out about the work that we do in the world and with couples and partnerships and teams. So there you go. All right. And we will include all that in the show notes (laughs) in case anybody missed that. You guys have a great one. Thanks Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. I love how we can get free coaching by being podcasters. It's all part of our diabolical plan. (laughs) When we started talking about how to be with each other in the hard times, it was just like, yes, I need that conversation every single day, um, five times a day, because I just need it. Here's the thing. like, Here's the confession. So the thing we were talking about that we didn't really name was I left a job last year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so here it is in January and we're starting some new things and there's new things on the horizon. And I just wanted to mention that specifically because in the moment when we had the interview with David and Cynthia, yeah, it was very fresh. I mean, literally that day. Right. And, um, it's just so easy to get wrapped up in something and, and, and not be able to see past the moment to go, this is it, this is an end, and, and, and move into panic and fear and, and let that voice start spinning, spinning you out. Right. And, and so, like, like so many things, this too shall pass. It applies here. And, and so I just wanted to throw that in. But I, I really love how they were just saying, like, it's not necessary to snap somebody out of yes. something right away. Just be in it. Just move through it. Trust that you're going to move through it. And I know you got a little choked up on the conversation with them. I don't know if that really came through um, to our listening audience, but you were getting pretty choked up. And well, it, it was, was fresh. It, it was. Like three hours after I walked out the door. And it was not necessary to move um, past it in the moment. You just had to no. be there. And I was there with you, and Cynthia and David were too. So um, let's talk about... Thanks, Cynthia and David. (laughs) And now the Talk About It segment of the show. And now the Talk About It segment of the show. Each week we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. Wow, that was a really high one. Um, So here's... (laughs) 
<laughs> so they had asked the question, what do you need right now? Oh, I love it. And it's something you can ask anytime. Anytime. It's always applicable. Um, Especially in bed. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's also <laughs> not, it's not a codependent thing. Like, I'm not responsible for how you're feeling or to making you feel better or anything. I just want to know what I you think need that right was, now. That was a, a I, would, I, I hesitantly call it a breakthrough for you. Mm. Is that you can, you can be there, uh, be in it, move through it, and not own it. I feel like I'm always learning that. Yeah. You challenge me to learn that every single day. <laughs> all right. As always, we're talking about all the hot topics from the podcast and so much more over in our free community on Facebook. So come join the conversation. It's at legendarymarriage.com slash community. You can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 110. Hey, lastly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so that we know how we're doing and other couples can find us and join the family. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Hey, this is Danielle and Justin reminding you. Don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.